0: It's one of those where you put your faith in the Lord, but you make sure you get insurance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> you put your faith in God and make sure you pay those insurance premiums. That's right, man. Pay those premiums, baby.
2: Hello and welcome to Geeks Camp, the home of RPG goodness and general samfoolery my name is zach and the host joining me this evening uh for the first time in a long time Dwarven dm john christian
0: well lo- lolly what yeah <laughs> I well I mean, consistently maybe hi guys how you doing how, how is your furlough
2: john did you have a good did you have a good sabbatical
0: uh sure okay <laughs> good. <Great>. thank you <laughs> thanks
2: for noticing you're welcome. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, old faithful Troy Sandlin. That's old
1: right. <laughs> Huma <Matata. laughs>
2: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so we're back with another uh, crowdfunding corner. We're going to talk about some uh, crowdfunders, uh, Kickstarters and Indiegogos uh, tonight. And uh, throw some cool stuff your way. Um, we've got a, what I will call a somewhat abbreviated list, mm. it's not as big as it all, yeah. sometimes gets. And I think some of the it ones that we're going to talk about are going to, are going to be kind of wrap. We got a lot of rapid, fi- several rapid fires and then a collection of smaller campaigns that we still want to talk about. So, mm. yeah, and it could have been big, but then John did a
0: trawl of Kickstarter again and, uh, <sighs> nothing and, and, and well, yeah. not nothing, but like. But uh, for those that have, have done this, gone through this before, we've had these light weeks. I'm like, you know what? These are going to it's going to be great because it's just going to force me to dig deep and find these really <laughs> awesome nuggets. And I was like, I came up not dry, but man, I was like, it was there's some
2: good stuff out this week, there some but good it's stuff not out there as sure. much as you would typically expect. Yeah, so don't for it, sure. it wasn't right. like there's nothing out
0: there. It's just that there wasn't much out there. Right. And I and um, right. And I think we talked about it before that this week I wanted to make sure that it wasn't. Whatever I presented was something that I was really either keenly interested in or was really excited about. So I think there's some really, I think the stuff that we've got, I feel super I would solid
2: challenge about. either one of those for your first thing that you're going to talk about. I would challenge that neither one of those are something that you're super, Listen, yeah, yeah. I, All think, right, it's, we'll I think it's still later.
0: a good topic though. And okay. I told you not to give me a crap about it until now. So get ready. Okay.
2: All
1: right. <laughs> let's well, let's
2: it. dive in. Uh, we got some rapid fires. Troy, let's dive into
1: these, uh, this first one here. All right, we've got Talus Guide to Fantastical Fungi. Uh, This is coming from Kate Silver. This is her first created um, out of uh, Lancaster, United Kingdom. And Uh this is exactly what it says. It is uh, a bunch of fantastical funguses and and mushrooms Mm -hmm. and things like that. And there's like, I believe there's like 50 of them probably could be more depending on stretch goals and whatnot. They're they're all illustrated, um, and they each have uh, a, a 5e stat block and write up for what they can do in your campaign. And I think that's fantastic because there you know, one of the things that five E lacks is something along the lines of a like a crafting mm-hmm, mechanic. Mm-hmm. I mean and I know that there's some out there third party and whatnot um, which which are great. But you know something like this, it it adds something to your campaigns. Where he's like, "Oh yeah, you find you know some of these mushrooms and you can make these poisons, or maybe uh, it, it cures a disease, or you know you have to go find find stuff. You know, it just adds a little bit of something to it. So, hmm. and I dig the art. It's it's kind of mm-hmm. the, the 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 mushrooms and stuff are a little on the cute side. Most of them. Um, but very well done. It's not like cartoony cute. I, I would mm-hmm. say, um, but it looks like it's going to be a pretty good little project. I, mm-hmm. I I dig this.
0: Yeah, I like the <clears throat> I like the way that they've categorized them too. The, the different there are six different categories of fungi: offensive, defensive, utility, medicinal, poisonous, and environmental. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the whatever the use that you're going to end up seeing them. Uh, how are' you're going to be using them in your in your games. Kind of sums that up pretty quickly and easily. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the uh, the book shape is going to be unique. It's going to be hard fitting that one on your shelf. Yeah, they, it's, yeah it's it square. is a square, <laughs> so it'll be the it'll may may be one of the ones that's a bookend book. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's a good price for the book at seventeen bucks for a hardcover. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
2: uh, I will say that. Uh, this i think it also looks cool i i, I made the determination about uh well, actually is on another book a couple weeks ago that i have a lot and by a lot i have several fungi related 5e supplements at this point mm. i think i had to draw the line because i love <laughs> them I think they're cool but i'm like i don't need six fungi fungus books for 5e so um i think you this one's done. cool though and i'm super tempted even though i've even though I've made a commitment, I may be breaking it with this one because it does
0: look cool and it's a good price. But it is cool. It's like it says, you know, you got size, you got whether it's magical or it is mundane, mm-hmm. and then they categorize different like the commonality, common, uncommon, etc. Mm-hmm. And then they even have preparation. Like how in order to get the effect, you have to prepare the fungi thusly, right? So example is lot. the yeah, like scaled argot, which is remove the hard scales and then cook and eat grants you the ability to speak with all reptiles for an hour during this time you get advantage on any attempts made to influence the behavior demeanor and aptitude an attitude excuse me of a reptile and then there's like a, a little quote note that that's uh, You know what I'd
2: love there. if the, this is the type of thing that with this type of a book i would really want a oh my god druid or a ranger archetype that went with it
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: that
2: is all about collecting fungi and and you know preserving them and utilizing them or yada yada yada
1: or or an artificer yes potions kind of you know kind of a thing where Mm -hmm. they're they're all about the doing this kind of thing
2: yeah yeah cool well awesome all right that was talus guide to the fantastical talus guide to fantastical fungi uh John, you've got the next one here. Um, I do. And this, you're going to be <laughs> shamed about this. This one, uh,
0: this this, it's a hot one. It's, it's a, hot a hot one. one. Uh, a, a, this is a Babyfoot Ring of Fire, a tabletop fire pit for uh, a, a, your ambiance during your game. What's funny to me is like whenever this came up, I'm looking in the games <laughs> section specifically, trying to filter through everything. This shows up in there. And for those of you that are not able to see in the stream, uh, the uh, effectively it is a, uh, like it's concrete is what it really is. They That is a concrete mold that they've made that you put stones into and then pour isopropyl alcohol inside and light it on fire on inside your house, which sounds super, super safe to me. Uh, not to knock it. I mean, like I think if it were smaller, maybe that would see, I, I think I could, I could kind of get behind this a little bit more, but this thing is, Uh, It's like, it's like a T saw, like, it's like a, what, like six to eight inches across and about three inches deep. This thing is huge. Uh, And they've got it like sitting on somebody's desk in one of their images where they're sitting here, you know, (sighs) typing away, doing work. They've got it sitting on a, on a, you know, a bunch of playing cards, which that looks super safe. Uh, Yeah. So I, I was telling Troy and Zach that right before, while I was in this, uh, while I was in college, you know, it's a little side hustle thing, trying to make some money. I got trained to be a fire marshal. This thing makes my fire marshal's brain itch and <laughs> terrifies me. I just see, I just see houses across, like poor geek houses, being set ablaze by this thing being tipped over. The cat jumping up on the on the on the table and either knocking knocking at it or jostling it. So, also, yeah, it's great. I, it's great. I, Like, like, look.
2: I I don't understand these. I'm going to go ahead and just say that right out, right? Like like this is not I don't get it. I certainly don't get it for $80 plus shipping. Yeah. And if you are in if you happen to be anywhere that is not the US, anywhere that is not the US, you will pay at minimum, according to them, another $86. Yeah, Cuz you're shipping a brick
1: <laughs> Even I, 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 literally I, 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 I almost shipped a brick just here. <laughs> yeah,
2: so, so, and, and by the way, they want you to be aware that paying $80 for this is a great deal because the retail price is $110 for a thing that is six inches wide that you put rocks in, pour alcohol in, and light on fire.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: I cannot I
2: can do that believe with a this. can, I can <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but look man it like i i hate to sit here and just beat the beat the crap out of them i just i don't know to it. me there's like a part of me that's like i get the appeal i mean that's neat you know if, if it were if i felt like it were actually safe the price points I, didn't, I hadn't even gotten to the price point yet this price point i don't understand even remotely i understand why the shipping is like that because you're because again you're, it's a brick that you're putting in the mail. Oh, but, uh, oh, and,
2: John, would you imagine that, you know, you have the bowl and all the images show the bowl with the stones and then a cool little lid that has their logo on it? Would you imagine mm-hmm. that the lid comes with for $80? It doesn't. It's oh. an add-on. You have to pay extra money to get the lid. $40. I, I have no idea. Oh, I have well. no idea.
1: I, it may not be listen. half the price of the. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I not mean, even want to... it, it looks like in that in the one picture you just had where they're all sitting there outside at the outside table and they had several of them sitting on the table okay that looks neat. I can't imagine why this came up in the search for tabletop games.
0: well the only okay so that I'm with you I think that the only the closest thing I can come to it is just again ambiance. It's just like an environmental flare type thing, campfire or whatever.
2: It's like a it's like a it's like a candle that um, is not filled with wax and a and burns a wick, but smells is filled good. with flammable liquid, and yeah. you just light the whole thing on fire. Then there's a huge mm. safety warning on there. That's like. Don't touch this after you light it. Don't move it after you light it. Don't put it on anything that's heat sensitive. (laughs) Don't look at it too hard. Don't look at it too hard. (laughs) Like, Listen, I would never... like. Even if I hated an RPG product, I would not hate on it like this. This is just a dumb... In my opinion. (laughs) This is a dumb product. Because it has nothing to do with our industry, I'm
0: comfortable in saying this is a dumb product. Oh I love gosh. it's like baby foot baby foot ro- fire ring or ring of fire should only be operated operated by a capable of adult. How many of those are there out there really? That's what I want to know. Like how so, so small is the market segment we're really trying to target with this thing. There's They're also very There's a
2: photograph baseball. of uh, these uh fire marshals at yeah. a memorial. And mm-hmm. the lady at the end will not take her eyes off the fire with a super concerned expression on her face <laughs> like like it's meant to say like these people are cool with being around our stuff and she does not look cool about this this fire pit <laughs> being set on a memorial
0: yeah I like, let's see the temperature uh, under the base of the fire pit is measured it has been measured up to 130 degrees about the same as a dishwasher dishwasher at its hottest that's pretty hot actually pretty hot. like that that's gonna that would like that would uh would warp the lacquer or not lacquer but like the finish on your table more than likely yeah yeah well i mean i mean there yeah uh
2: i i don't understand what's going on there are
0: literally i think there's like a almost like a 15 point warnings uh uh, snapshot here. Never leave out. Um, lit. Never leave out unattended. Do not use in windy conditions. Beware the danger of child- children and pets due to open flame. Do not pour for- fuel into fire pit when fire is lit. That I did not even consider. <laughs> it's going. Hey, it's, it's getting starting long. to go out, Martha. Get Let's a put a little sh- bit more in there. <laughs> they get the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They get the. The. Uh, the. Uh, what is it? National Lampoon's Vacation treatments yeah, yeah. Clark yeah. you know shoots uh, yes. uh lighter fluid in <laughs> <Craig> <laughs> says I mean
2: Craig says he knocks is the yibs great over three or four times a game yep. that's definitely going up in flame yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the rogue last, die
0: goes in there
2: the last but picture the on this yeah the last picture on this thing I think is meant to be cool but it only terrifies me more because it says hey five minutes into the burn and there's like a 12 inch tall flame on this sucker Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's way more fire than I want in my house. Then like, that's that's 40 times the amount of flame that I want in my house. Right. And then it's like, Hey, 10 minutes, still going strong. 20 minutes. It started to die down 40 minutes. You can still see the flame. I'm like, so you're telling me that I cannot let this thing out of my sight for at least an hour.
0: Well, that was Every the next time. question I was going to make, uh, uh, ask about it. I didn't see anywhere on here where it said how to, t- like, there's no turning it off. I'm not saying, like, that's us think that's pretty obvious, that's right? What, that's what the lens for. That, well, that's but it, for. like, yeah, no, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> oh, you want to turn it off? Oh, that's going to cost you extra. That's, that's, that's another $30, it. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just blow on I it. Also love, <laughs> I also love that they're like, hey.
2: Don't put it next to anything flammable. And in one of the biggest pictures on the thing, they have like four plants surrounding one of these. Like, oh, well, the, look, one, the one where it's sitting of these on the,
1: flammable. The one where it's sitting on the chessboard.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You must not like that chessboard very much. Yeah. All right. I mean, again, I think it's. I think it's. This this rapid fire mission has went way overboard. Um, but I I, I feel like, well, I just I just don't understand. I like the product. I don't understand why it came up when we searched tabletop games, though. Mm. And and I guess that's my disconnect because you know if I had a nice area outside with a fire pit and I wanted to have other like little mini fire pits around or something like that, you ain't paying eighty bucks sure. for each one of them. Hey, if I have a big enough backyard <laughs> where I have the 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 desire to have multiple mini fire pits, then I'll probably I probably have that kind of money. I don't, but I'm <laughs> I don't just have saying. fire pit money. <laughs> I don't have fire pit money like that. Um, I just give me one big one. That's right. But, you know, that is cool. I just, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Kind of do the thing where, uh, okay, we set up camp. Here, get the fire pit out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're only in camp for like five minutes of game time. It's like, oh, crap. Now we got to let it burn for an hour. <laughs>
0: yeah who knows who you're knows? welcome by the way for me offering this up to the two of you
2: yeah you're yeah. welcome yeah. john john selected this as something that we if he felt like we needed to give to sure <laughs> sure uh sure. all right well here let me give you next one how about that <laughs> put your money where our mouth is or something. Let's restart. John, Troy, and myself get an itch to do some writing every once in a while, and when that happens, we publish it through World of Game Design. Head on over to store.wogd.com to find books like Oceanic Depths, Scrap Rats, and Motherload that feature design by your delightful and charismatic hosts. Again, that's store.wogd.com uh indiegogo we don't talk about indiegogo very much and this one's actually been on there for a while but i went back and revisited it and i ended up backing it so um i'm going to encourage that everybody else does the same this is called new tales of the miskatonic valley second print run Um, this is a like rural um call of cthulhu 7e collection of adventures Um, which I think is cool. This second printing is now in full color. Um, You can pick up the standard book, which is a hardcover for 27 pounds. And it includes a Miskatonic country map that is printed as well. For 40 pounds, you can get all that plus the PDF. Um, And for 75 pounds, you can get a limited edition leatherette cover copy of the book with a sewn in bookmark um i'm backing at the 27 dollars level to get the anthology book i think it's really cool um it's exactly my favorite type of cthulian horror which is short anthology pieces and backwoods so this is what i want and it's at a great price point. It's getting made. It actually looks like it's already been made and you can just still back it on Indiegogo because Indiegogo is weird. Um, and mm-hmm. they'll ship you out a copy from the prints. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't do this. If you're a call of Cthulhu person.
0: That's cool. I like that. Very old gods of Appalachia. Mm hmm. Yes. I dig it.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Anyhow, that's, uh, that's New Tales of Miskatonic Valley on Indiegogo. Troy, you got the next one.
1: I do. Uh, this is Tavern. It is, uh, well, I mean, basically it is a dating app for gamers. But not for dating. For playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, you make your profile. Uh, you, you do some switches on, on, on the type of games you like to play. Your, your play style, that sort of thing. You can browse other other people's profiles. You chat with friends that you make on the, from the app. You can form groups. You, there's an archive of different things that you can access. Um, the stretch goals is uh, it's like you, automatic matches of of profiles. Uh, a web app where you can actually use it from your computer. Uh, voice and video, much like uh, they're going to integrate uh, Discord to add voice Mm -hmm. and video functionality and uh, be able to play together, like upload character sheets and have a virtual dice roller. And then the top two stretch goals at $400,000 is, is the virtual tabletop. Um, It's it's going to be a simple virtual tabletop, they say. Um, And then at $500,000 you can link this to your, your Twitch account and stream games um yep Hmm. i mean this is kind of this is weird because i mean i feel like the community has been joking about something like this for a long time you know that dating app for for to find groups yeah and now and now here's one on on uh on kickstarter i i don't think i don't think it's gonna fund no, they, yeah, they, they, they want their, their goal is 80 grand. Yeah, they want $80,000 and they're setting it at uh, 1800 and they've got 28 days to go. And this is the second time you've talked about this exact
2: project. Really? Yes, because you talked about this uh, back in July when it launched the first time. I attended. did? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I'm 99% sure you talked about this. Um, and it canceled. And I'm looking at both of these, and I don't see anything different between these two pitches. Hmm. Like, the graphics are all the same. Everything's the same. The asking price is the same. Like, it's all the same. Uh, hmm. uh, so, they, they announced... Uh, they announced back in September that they were relaunching um, and they of course relaunched, but they are, they're, they're going to struggle. I think their logo is great. I think their initial graphics are cool, but I think that $80,000 is a lot of money to have for a goal for an app. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's just going to be like, I, I mean, obviously they're not going to fund, so it's, it's a shame. Cause I think there is maybe a market for it, but it's not a market that's evidently on Kickstarter or willing to pay. um, uh, 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 Evidently you have to pay $25 to get into the beta, $50 for a pro membership. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. one year Um, for a lifetime. You have to pay a hundred bucks. I mean, that's not the craziest amount, but when you think that most social media apps like that are free.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, remember, this is like a dating app. So <laughs> fair. if you want to get the quality matches on dating apps, you, you don't yeah, go okay. the free That's, route. Yeah. You got to put That's some fair. money into it.
0: That's fair. Roll left, roll right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah.
1: they even say, it's like, you, you, you're going to be able to swipe right yeah. and swipe left like a dating app. I find that, I just find that, uh, I mean, it, Again, kinda kinda fun, especially when you're, you know, move into a new city, you don't know anybody, you wanna wanna get out and mix it up a little bit, make meet some new friends, like, get on tavern, do a little swipe this way and that, you know, who knows? Yeah.
2: That's great. Well, awesome. So that was Tavern.
1: Now we should <laughs> <Gert>. bump over <laughs> This is perfect. Those are called one shots, not one night stands, Gert. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's what's crazy.
2: Here's what's crazy. We're going to move from Troy's project that he talked about in July Mm -hmm. to John's project that he talked about in July that also was canceled.
0: That's right. Uh, uh, I remember that I did talk about this one. I'm oh, yeah, visiting yeah. this one intentionally. <laughs> Thank you very much. Don't you? Don't you dare, sir. Yeah, this uh-huh. is Adventures of Eros. We talked about this one before, and they did not fund. And it was neat. It's like a. Uh, it's essentially they, they're now hyping it as beginner RPG for kids and casuals. I think it originally was targeted more at kids. So you're this you're definitely seeing a difference between the two in that there are differences between what they were pitching before versus what they're pitching now. They've updated some of the, the the images that they're putting out there for um some of like the the artwork and some of the kind of the pitchy uh bits that they've got out there for it. i still i this is one that i just wanted to come back and i wanted to i want to take a look at it again and 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 show what you can do to update um your update your your, your crowdfunding effort and see if you make any additional strides I don't know that they've made much more than they did before at this point they've only got 15 days to go they have they've hit their goal they had but they, they had a, a much lower goal this time around than, than last time uh, 490 was the goal they and they're around 1200 at this point
2: the, so, so. the struggle here right is that they only have one pledged here that's not yes. that's in English and it's at 12 bucks
0: for a PDF exactly and that's th- that's the same thing that we we kind of lamented last time around that there is no physical product for this that's um it's all everything is well I take take that back there is a physical product though isn't there at the, the twenty dollars product point? yeah
2: but 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 the reality is that like 90 it's like 80 80 or 85% of the kickstarter marketplace is english speaking individuals right.
0: And this is all German, I think.
2: And it's all German. So it's unfortunate, but they just don't, they didn't think about the fact that 85%
0: of the market is out right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a shame too, because I mean, it's, I think it's cute. I, this is something that I would yeah. sit down and I would, I would play with my yeah, six-year-old yeah. in our heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I love the great. little STL, like I'm a, as a printer myself, resin printer, I love the STL files. They're cute. Little tchotchke type miniatures that you can use for it. So a I wanted to work dice, out for it, actually. But yeah, they're nice, but no, uh, but unfortunately, I mean, to your point, there's just not. I'm mean, like I'm I'm kind of written out of the out of the printed yeah. game on this one. It's it's a it's
1: a bummer. I mean, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it, it, you could still get it and get you know at least get the file the STL files and whatnot and, mm-hmm. and, and and print them. And I'm sure you could figure something out if you can't. I mean, even if you can't understand what the, the actual rules are. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's an English PDF, there is an English PDF, right?
0: but you kind of miss out on one of the neat things about it is they've got like a little spiral, spiral bound notebook that, that is a game board in itself too, which is kind of a, that's neat. And it's not like super expensive, you know, the, between the it's 12 euros or essentially 12 bucks for the PDF and then double that if you want the printed copy. So and evidently there is
2: a printed copy available in English. Nope, really? never mind. Ignore me. They just, ha- so it says this reward is only in German and Germany available. And then it says printed rule book. Uh, and then it says uh, in, in in Dutch and then in English. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. you just told me you can't get this in English. And now you're talking to me about this rule book being in English. But it, I'm pretty confident. It looks like you can't. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Anyway, so just to revisit more than anything else. Yeah. But I mean, I wish them well. I yeah. I think if if I can find, I don't can't recall if there's a if there's an STL only. There is. You can do add-ons. There you go. I may just do an STL. I'll grab the STLs. Or you know what? I mean, I think actually, let's see here. The pledge, the rule book, STL for three D printable dice. That's it. Yeah. I mean I might I might snag just snag it just for the STLs because again they're they're really cute. They're yeah. definitely – I'd love to the ter- they have like it's not just uh miniature monsters and characters, it's also terrain pieces too. Mm-hmm. You've got to create your own brick o' brock block slash Lego um environment to play play out of. So cool. Oh it's neat. Cool though. awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, cool. and then the next one that I've got, I'll jump right over is Brawler sixty four. Excuse me, excuse me, hang sir. I am sorry. Excuse did I miss me. one? You did. I am sorry. Calm down, calm down, John. Easy. Like, oh, jump the gun. Do we do we have like a do we have a black horse entry here at the last second that I am unaware of?
1: Sir? no, I just talked about it before we went on the air.
0: Oh, this is the one. Okay. <laughs> I was trying one. to. Oh that oh that one that okay, this sure. one. Yeah, tell me about it. <sighs> slime mart
1: slime not Sir. john not john the the product it's called slime oh okay it's a 5e splat book from our buddy ed burrell from skeleton key games and uh i i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this and i don't think anybody else should either because we will have we will be having ed coming on the show show soon to talk about it. Mm-hmm. but uh just so that you know it's a it's a 5e book about slime. There's new races, new spells, subclasses, backgrounds, magic items, monsters, and more. And Coming out of Skeleton Key Games, you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be fun. He's even going to he's even got it so that you can get some of his Arcane Scroll Works slime spells. It's actual uh, painted artwork scrolls to use. Um, it got adventure tiles, accessory decks, uh, the cover of the book looks absolutely disgusting mm. in a disgusting. good way, in a good way. But yeah, that I just wanted to make sure that we talked about it on, on uh, our crowdfunding corner because it is currently live. So get over there and go uh, back that, get you a copy of it and uh, make sure um, you keep your eye out and, and to uh, join us when we get Ed on the show. Heck yeah. All right, John,
2: take us to the next one. Now, is Let's it, is it now. okay now? Okay, okay cool. now,
0: yeah. Okay. okay, okay, easy. All right. Okay, Brawler sixty four. Brace yourselves, uh, for all of my retro gaming fans out there. I got to show some love every once in a while. This is a Bluetooth wireless switch for Switch and for the PC, but it is a. Uh, it's kind of like a your typical PlayStation, Xbox style wide uh, handled controller, like a classic controller. But the button comms are set up specifically for N64. So if you do any emulation uh, and you want to play some uh, N64 games, you don't have the original controllers. You want to go wireless with this thing. Uh, at least from like an ergonomic standpoint, this is pretty cool. This is pretty much what you're going to be looking for. Um, if you ever want to play, go back and play like Ocarina of Time or Mario 64 or something like that. A lot. Otherwise, you're going to end up com- being stuck with m- more modern controllers that don't have the same button setup. We had like the C buttons in a diamond shape and then a beep and below that one. So uh, maybe a, pr- a niche group out there that does that kind of stuff. But I thought it was pretty cool. So I figured I'd, I'd pass that along. It looks good. Uh, I don't yeah, know no. how effective it is, but it may end up being, you know, hunky, clunky and junky. But only one way to find mm-hmm. out.
1: Well, I mean, it, there might be a niche group out there, but if there's a, it's a big enough group that it's funded five times over. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're at fifty two thousand dollars
0: of their ten thousand goal. With 11 hours left to go so you may have to c- catch this one in the uh in the backer kit at some point in the f- in the near future but i thought that was pretty cool Very
1: mm. nice
0: that's it that's all i got for all my my rapid fires
2: nice awesome awesome
0: all right that's our rapid fires no trigger z
2: from girk Ger- there no, there's, there's There's bumpers right on both sides that's well yeah like me
0: yeah you got the, the left trigger would be your uh would be your trigger z
2: but there's not one. There's not one. There, it's not a. It's not a tri-pronged controller like the original N64. This right. is this is yep. more of a.
0: Well, and remember yeah. that whenever you when you would play, you would either play with left yeah. hand on middle mid, mid controller, yeah. right hand. But your right hand's always going to be on the right. Your left hand migrates over from the middle to the left. So yeah, yeah. they cover that by just having everything in one one spot yeah. instead on the left yeah. side.
2: All right, so we got a few in the uh, standard uh, discussion today. Just a few. Um, Troy, start us off with, uh, I think, our smallest project
1: of the evening. Yeah, Trials of the Bell Witch. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how this is happening, but I'm digging it. There seems to be a lot of, of Appalachian-inspired games and adventures and stuff. Coming out now. I don't know if it's because of Old Gods of Appalachia. Um, it very well could be. Because it's an amazing uh, podcast show. But I dig this a- aesthetic. I dig this theme. It's creepy in, a, in its own un- really unique way, I think. And this is another one of those uh, offerings. Uh, an original fantasy horror adventure. Inspired by Appalachian folklore about a 20-plus-hour adventure, 5e-compatible, but you can, you know, zhuzh it around for other D20 systems, designed for uh, fifth-level characters. Um, and it, the artwork, I, I dig the artwork. Um, the idea, there's there's it says there's white-knuckled action mixed with compelling role-play, uh, a daunting environment, an immersive experience twisted monstrosities. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really digging these ideas and expect, you know, this really fits for the Halloween season. Um, right so, on. yeah, I, I, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm a little, I love the, like the, the, the team, the team is fantastic. Uh, Louis or is a psychologist who's been a TTRPG player for 35 years. Um, Brandon Ziggy Ziggler has 30 years of of TTRPG experience and uh, has been in the trauma operating room Hmm. and and, and is taking his insight to to, uh, add to this game. Um, And then you've got uh, Tarna. Oh, man. Iguanez? Yes? Maybe? Hmm. Butcher it. I hope I didn't butcher it too horribly. Iguanese. Iguanese. I don't know. Um, you can butcher it even it, further, it, I'm sure. Yeah, I just keep just keep doing it. Just keep hacking at it until I, I'm just totally gone. But uh, you know, she's doing all the art. And like I said, I love the art. The weird thing about this Kickstarter is the way it's laid out. It's a $100 goal. And it's already funded. And mm-hmm. then the stretch goals just seem to like be way out there. You know, the first one starts at a thousand and it goes all the way to what was it 30? thirty? 000? Thirty thousand? Thirty thousand, yeah. Yeah. Um and I I'm a little worried because I, I, I love the idea of this adventure, but a lot of these stretch goals I kind of feel like we're not gonna get to, and that's gonna be that's gonna be disappointing. But uh, you know, um, yeah. Hopefully, they'll, they'll do something so that we can get access to some of these other, other stretch goals, maybe in a follow-up product. Because it does say that this is like the first volume mm-hmm. uh, or book one of the Bountiful of the bountiful Sorrows series. I, I, I can talk sometimes. <laughs> um, awesome. So, yeah, check out uh, the Trials of the Bell Witch. Trials of the Bell Witch. Awesome. Uh,
2: okay let's move right along john i'm glad you snagged this one talk to
0: us about dark places yeah so this is actually a port they ported this over to osc uh this is dark places and demogorgons for old school essentials the osr hit rpg places uh uh dark places and demogorgons and the cryptid manual get a conversion to osc it's retro role playing in the 1980s setting so this is right up my alley. This is essentially going to end up being the, um, old school essentials equivalent of a kids on bikes slash tales from the loop. Uh, this is going to be their, their entry into it. And so the, um, first of all, I freaking love the, 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 uh, the cover art for this thing. It's absolutely amazing. They got their, it's the, it's the Demogorgon, um, the actual Demogorgon is what it looks like to me, as opposed mm-hmm. to the one from uh, stranger things. But this is a, you play as teenagers from a small town where strange occurrences begin popping up all around. The adults are too busy to care and the police don't believe you. It's up to you and your friends to figure out what's going on and stop it from happening again. Doesn't that sound familiar? Mm. Um, but I mean, it looks really, really great, man. I, it's they, whoever they've got, I want kind of to go and look at it again. Their art direction is really, really good. It's all that. Rune hammer. That, Runehammer, yeah. So it's the, it's the that same black and white vibe, even though they're color books. Uh, they're still sticking to the the black and white vibe of the, the OSE Essentials, right? Um, yeah, Eric Bloat is overseeing it as the... He's the creator of Survive This Game System, and uh, this is a port over. So it's going to be A5-sized hardcover of 200 to 300 pages in length. We we're yeah. talking about a brick earlier. That this is a paper brick. This, I yeah. it, I can't see this thing coming out any other shape other than t- like, like. It's chunky. like the
2: other OSE books, right? Like they're all yeah. chunky and that. Yeah, that's great. Here's
1: yeah. War.
0: Yeah, and of course, based on stretch goals, which they're doing really great right now. You know, they had a seven thousand two hundred dollar uh, goal. We've got twenty eight days left to go, and they got they're almost at, they're about to hit twenty two thousand right now. Uh, so the interior looks really great. Uh, if you are an OSE uh, fiend and you love it, uh, they've got 20 new character classes. They've got new background options, tons of new spells. They included uh, rules on psionics in the, in this salvo. You got a new modern equipment list. Um, they got a, a setting that's going to be in there for Jefferson Town, which is the where the primary setting is in the set in the 80s has uh, locations and places of note, got some NPCs that are in there, tons of adventure seeds, bestiary uh, villain generator in case Mm. you want, uh, you want some replayability there and then lots and lots of appendices. So um, yeah, if you like the eighties, you like that you like stranger things, kids on bikes, tales from the loop. This is going to be probably the, something that you're going to want to look at. And it's, it looks like it's really well put together. This is not, yeah, uh, it's no joke. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. quality, and it feels like something that's you're going to want on your shelf to be able to, to dip into every once in a while. If you get sick of fighting orcs and goblins and stuff like that in dungeons every once in a while, you can always dip your toe back into a simpler time, back in the 80s, uh, and uh, and you can go retro with it.
2: All right. Take care.
0: I love it. Well, I got a comment on this. This has nothing to do with that,
2: uh, only slightly, but I got to laugh because... <laughs> Troy has been graciously copying and pasting links into the chat and uh he just copied and pasted oh shoot <laughs> the n64 controllers link onto our <laughs> internal doc underneath the, he like copied over ah. the dark place and Demi gorgon's link it's okay buddy i got and it and then ah, copied the go. that copied over <laughs> link and pasted that? it into chat and he's like here you go so Yo. uh that's it uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Ah, uh, it wasn't me. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was so
2: great. Uh, I'm so pleased. I've watched it happen in real time. In real time. <laughs> Watch it yeah, live. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So I'll talk about uh, my last one. I'm going to talk about one that I kind of stumbled across. And I kind of dig. I'm not have sh- Like, I haven't, I haven't committed to this yet. But I am leaning towards yes for a couple of reasons. So maybe mm, you guys can, yeah. can sway me one way or another. This one is called Must Be a Dragon. It's on Kickstarter. Um, it is, it's It's going to have to do some work to push, it, to push towards the end. It's not impossible. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that this thing hits its funding goal. But it's going to have to work for it. Um, so that's one reason that I thought about talking about it. And also because I think I'm probably going to back it. Um, it says must be a dragon is a masterless RPG of explorers and dragons masterless. Of course, referring to the fact that it doesn't have a DM, a masterless tabletop role-playing game set in the 1800s Europe where dragons exist. And you, and your purpose is to find them. Um, which I think is a great premise for an RPG. I mm-hmm. now, let's set aside the idea of masterless for a moment and let's just talk about 1800 Europe mm-hmm. year adventures seeking out dragons. I think that's a great idea. I think it's I could have a lot of fun playing that, especially in the pitch that they have, which is the idea, right, that um like this is in a part uh, this is, you know, in our world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and the only difference is that there's dragons out there. And Mm -hmm. that explorers, like, their lifetime goal is to find one of these dragons and have an interaction with it. I think that's really cool. Um, It's not like you're going to go hunt the dragons or it's like anything like that. It's just about the idea of discovery and about these close encounters. It's almost like, I don't know, I was going to say like Nessie or Bigfoot, but it has like a heightened level above that, which is that there are dragons out there and people know Mm -hmm. that there are dragons. So it's more like the discovery of a new species or the 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 rediscovery of a species that was thought to be extinct or something like mm-hmm. that like just a I think that's really exciting, really cool. Um basically as I understand it how it's played um is you start with the book, somebody starts holding the book and you start the adventure, you kind of pick which dragons you're hunting for. There's like a compendium of dragons. You pick which one and then you start reading through and there's journal pages and private letters and all these things that are in the book that you read through. And once uh, you've read through a certain amount of the book, then uh, it asks a question. You come up with the answer to that question. You kind of inform the story, influence the story for the group. Um, You kind of chat about that you know, role play a bit. And then the book is passed to the next person and they encounter some of the evidence and follow the trail and are asked questions and have to answer those questions. And so, uh, and of course, the end result is likely that you discover a dragon. Um, So you can play this Mm -hmm. as like a group of explorers, adventurers. You can play this as uh, just uh, two players where you pass the book back and forth. You can also play this, play this solo. I think the art is really gorgeous. The book looks great. Um, it's not my typical RPG,
1: but I kind of like it. Hmm. No, oh, this is really interesting because you're oh, there is only one character. Yeah, that's what I was reading that too, dude. I didn't
0: see where there were multiple.
1: Maybe it's yeah, like, maybe it, that's further down. Nope the story the story that will be generated around mm-hmm. the character. Can be of any type. Uh, You can play the role of an explorer who studies exotic creatures or a monster hunter in search of revenge. No matter what plot unfolds, try never to lose sight of the second of the two key concepts. At the end of the story, you will meet a dragon. Mm -hmm. So that's that's interesting.
2: Yeah, and there's a line kind of at the end that says each scene has a main theme and four or five questions connecting to it. D- connected to mm-hmm. it, during the scene, a player becomes the narrator and he answers a question, thus writing a piece of the story. Then the turn passes to the following player, he answers the next question: What will happen? And after the encounter with the dragon, will it all really end there, or will the characters have more adventures? Which I think is great because there's like a saga mode where you can string things together. And then lo and behold, at the end, you can also there's a there's a system or a, an idea that you play as a dragon and experience the other side of the story,
0: um, mm-hmm. which is which is fun. So. That's cool. I, I really like um, I, I know I'm just a sucker for art. It's terrible. But I, I mean I I just I really there's something about this artwork that really yeah. speaks to what they're trying to say about the product. And like yeah. what the they, mm-hmm. it is an almost Disney esque, like an adult like a more grown up version of a Disney esque character art that they've got for it. There's there's definitely more of a painterly quali- quality to it than a cartoon. But man, I really like some of the imagery that they've got for for the dragons in particular. Yeah like very like, there's like a almost like an inherent nobility in the way that they look these these you know these creatures of folklore, myth and legend that you're gonna end up trying to find. I also really like one of the pieces of art. It's Napoleon and the egg. Mm-hmm. Napoleon Bonaparte is in like a, an ancient temple or shrine or something like that and there's a a, a vine covered dragon egg. That's yeah. on an altar. That's that's yeah. a really cool. Uh, it's a cool visual of it. Yeah. Kind of again speaks to the setting and the timing uh, of where it's placed.
1: Yeah, Zach, exactly. yeah. I'm glad you. I'm glad you snagged this one. I almost put this on the list.
0: Yeah, and I think it has a reasonable
2: price. I don't know what I don't. I didn't catch at least where it said what size the book is. Um,
1: two hundred uh, over two hundred pages, I think. Two hundred
2: pages, but I didn't see like a size on the mm-hmm. book is it a5 a4 you know, it, by 11. Looks
1: like, it looks like a normal hardback like yeah by 11 size yeah like.
2: I, yeah i, I don't want to I, I i would be hesitant to to affirm or deny based these are all mock-ups it looks like um mm-hmm. but anyhow it's 40 bucks or four, 40 euros i should say which is still about 40 us dollars for the uh hardcover book plus the pdf um and then it is 20 bucks if you just want the PDF. And then there's some higher tiers that give you a bunch of accessories and stuff. And one thing that I'll note that I thought was very reasonably priced if you're into this sort of a thing. For €60, Euros, you can either help them. This is an add-on. So it's $60 in addition to your pledge. You can help them design a dragon for the uh, Compendium Draconum or you can design help design one of the character explorers. Mm,
1: that's cool.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um I thought box, that was very that's reasonable.
1: Reason. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Um
1: Yeah, I okay. There's some well,
2: STLs in here too. STLs, yep, for the higher tiers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Um I would I would encourage you to check it out. Alright, uh, that was Must Be a Dragon, and it needs your help, so definitely, if that sounds of interest to you, go go throw some money your way. Their way. Troy, you got uh, one more, or a couple more here, but go ahead and give us your next one.
1: Medieval Tales from Europe is a realistic and historical D&D 5e setting in the Middle Ages. Uh, I, I like this idea. I like having the... Uh, you know, because people people will always say, "Well, you know, it, that's not how it should be in in D anD. d That's not the way it was. Well, of course, it's not the way it was because it never was. It's it's a fantasy world, but this kind of gives you that that real base of medieval culture for mm. your like your Middle Ages, Middle Evil culture. So I I, I just kind of like this idea. Um, is uh, in english and italian so you, you, it's going to have to me that makes it have a a feel like a, a, an authenticity to it you know coming from a coming from a culture that has been around so much longer than than the u.s
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: it, it's going to be able, you know it's just going to have that kind of gravitas i think um They've got a little quick start that you can download to check out what it's all about. Um, there's going to be magic involved. There's going to be an Arcanist class. Um, there's so, also going to be an adventure. Yeah. So let's talk real quick about the magic, because I think that's
2: one of the great things about this. Magic is not real in this game. They got rid of all spells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is a great idea for a setting. Instead, they replace all magic, all spells, with a new skill. Keep in mind, this is a 5e game, right? Mm -hmm. So you're ripping out the idea of casting spells, and instead you're injecting a single skill called Suggestion, and you roll a skill check in Suggestion in order to create, like, false magic effects and, you know, mm-hmm. like make people believe that what you're doing is hard, you know, like harnessing arcane power. So I think that's great.
1: Yeah. And you, it's got some new classes. Um, because like, cause like, like Zach said, there, there's no actual magic. So you, you know, you've got a healer, you've got an arcanist, explorer, peasant, uh, scholar, scoundrel, merchant, an artist, noble, votary, and, or notary, sorry, and a fighter. Uh huh. So, I I just I just kind of feel like this feels this like a whole
2: be... yeah a whole book full of human fighters for you, Troy. Like, I know like I'm, everything I you like, like, just... like. Another thing I think is cool here is that
0: that they're introducing a notoriety system. Yeah, you beat me to it. That's one of the things that feel, I've talked about before. Where it's an underutilized uh, it, mechanic. In, in
2: 5e. I think it makes a lot of sense for 5e for D&D in general for your character to have a notoriety score. Mm-hmm. Because as a writer, as a publisher, as a game master, what do we talk about all the time? How do we keep your party from being murder murder hobos? How do we keep mm-hmm. your party from uh, or help your party understand that there's consequences? How do we keep your party from, you know, doing whatever they want in whatever little village because they're level eight and nobody in the village can touch them. Right. Mm-hmm. Part. I think a notoriety system is really great for that because it is something that they can track as a, as a party, as an individual character, they can track and know that bad things will happen to them. If that number mm-hmm. goes higher and that's useful because then it, it changes from, well, the DMs punishing me unfairly, because I I stabbed this innkeeper <laughs> this yeah. one time I stabbed the innkeeper it's like no you have a history of stabbing innkeepers <laughs> look at your
0: notoriety score you're a habitual Shh. abuser yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I like that I think that um well and not only like it's it, it shouldn't it's not it doesn't have to just be the stick it's also the carrot mm-hmm. you could, there's renown notoriety and like well you know between people buy you drinks in the tavern to you're able to access different areas of the aristocracy or nobility because you are known or they seek you out once you hit, hit a certain point. And so, I mean, I think that your reputation is something that's really important. They really just don't touch on uh, mm-hmm. as much or not only just like a general consensus of like how you're perceived, but how other specific organizations perceive you, mm-hmm. uh, whether you are an ally or if you're an enemy, if they hate you, if you are hated or if you're revered, by a particular by a particular group or sect,
1: yeah. Okay. So, yeah. go I'll ahead. No, no, go it. for it. I and I also like the fact that you know the medieval Europe was not a safe place, mm-hmm. and you know because that that's kind of one of my beefs with Five E is how insanely you know Zach touched on how inza- insanely powerful and unkillable um characters can become when 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 faced with more I guess you could call them mundane uh uh, uh foes like a, a city guard or or mm-hmm. what have you but in this all of the characters are weaker the 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 highest hit die among all the classes is a d6 hmm. and the weapons do more damage than normal Mm-hmm. And you don't have magical healing. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can get suggested, heal, you know, hit points back or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I swear that limp's gone, man. Yeah, I don't know. I still feel fine. like it's you're there. Fine.
1: But yeah, <laughs> now, uh, yeah, it's it's less focused on combat though because you got to be more careful. But death comes from everywhere: wounds, infections, poisoning, accidents, starving, all that kind of stuff. So is it? This is a different game. And, yeah. I, and I am I'm, I'm digging that.
2: Let let me uh so so I think we all agree this is a cool product, right? Mm-hmm. Let me mm-hmm. let me give some fair warning to our podcast listeners. Our live audience is going to have a safer time because there's some early bird stuff. Well, this is an expensive book if you mm-hmm. are not if you are not an early bird which ends in 9 hours. Um to get the base book uh non-early bird is $65 plus shipping. And into the U.S., that shipping is estimated at $24. You're paying $90 for this book, which is rough, 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 rough. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you are not Mm -hmm. in the EU, UK, U.S., or Canada, you will be paying $140 for this book with shipping. And uh, I will also note that if you... I think that their adventure looks really cool. There's like a soft cover adventure book. It's called the curse of the last Templar. I think that looks great. If you want that book, you're going to add another $20 to your pledge. Um, so that puts it up to 85 buckaroos. Um, and I also think that there is a great looking hex crawl map that is hella fine. Um, in my opinion, I think it's, Beautiful, perfect size, great color, great pitch, 22 additional euros. So if you want the book, the soft cover book, and the map, you're going to pay about $130 in the U.S., um, uh, which is really rough. And there's a narrator screen. Um, but I say that to say, I think this is a great book. Mm-hmm. I would back it. Like I love this sucker, Troy. I am just yeah. going to pray that it gets picked up by your distributors in the U.S. and I can save $25 by ordering it from one of them Ooh, yes. after this Most Kickstarter. Definitely.
1: Most definitely.
2: I commend them, though, for being funded. Like I feel a whole lot better about making that decision knowing that they're already funded. They're going to make the book, and then I can just cross my fingers that it makes it over the
1: pond. Mm-hmm. If only we knew a company that might be able to represent them at conventions. <laughs> okay. We'll have to. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do some.
2: Do some consideration.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, oh, getting all fancy there.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So that was medieval tales from Europe, and we love it. Uh, John, you got another one that I I especially dig the Kickstarter for this one. So mm-hmm. go ahead and talk
0: about it. All right, so the zone surreal play to lose play to lose horror TTRPG for one to six players face your obsessions and phobias until only one survives. So this one is really atmospheric. This is a tabletop story game of uh, it's like it's horror, right? You mutate one another over the course of the the game, and it is like I said, play to lose, and you are supposed to play in the dark. It comes with glow sticks for you to be able to use and play with all the lights out. Um, the core set includes 50 scene cards with uh, 30 not-so-easy cards that come along with it too. Fate cards, holographic foil, tarot-sized lo- cards for locations, motivations, seven-character archetypes, as well as an operation manual and facilitator cards. So the it looks, I mean, like, first of all, the holographic cards look baller. They look really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole, the, there's just like a. Then um, they've got like a containment edition, which is a, a it comes with a like a, a hazmat, not hazmat, right? yeah, hazmat case with the, uh, a poster of a, any particular character that you want, and then all the different like snap lights uh, that you would mm, typ- yep. typically see in in uh, horror movies that they'd end up using and throwing down a well, and then the the, the booger comes up and grabs them from it. Um. Yeah, it's a journey into what they refer to as a place of beauty and horror that only one character will survive. And so, one of the, one of the things that Zach and I were sitting here, I was like, "Like, are they talking about Annihilation?" Because they're referencing different movies and forms of media and stuff like that mm-hmm. to try to give a feel for this thing. And Annihilation, which is what we talked about in one of our as one of our sci-fi movies, previously weird sci-fi movies, uh, is one of the things that they reference. And it's like it's the bizarre sci-fi, um like strange world a kind of a kind of a, a vibe. Stalker and roadside picnic, Uzumaki and S, uh, SCP Foundation, which I think Zach, we determined was kind of like a a uh like a clandestine organization kind yes. of vibe, right? This is right, is it supposed to be? Mm-hmm. So, the whole thing is supposed to be about a game that's about mutating deeply flawed characters and bringing them face to face with their phobias and obsessions. This is not one that you play with people that do not want to play this kind of thing is what it sounds like to me because they're gonna' about
1: family game night
0: This is not family game night, and I don't know how many like this is for a table and for a public play that knows what they're getting into this is not uh this is not this is not for your this is not a powder puff. Uh, listen, it's
2: crazy that. how close, like, li- listen to this. So there's a, there's a graphic down the page. That's like a, uh, uh, shows the inspirations, more of the inspirations. Mm-hmm. Uh, of those inspirations, Annihilation, Event Horizon, and Color Out of Space. Three of the movies that we just watched. <laughs> on right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some weird ones. Willy Wonka. <laughs> stranger things you know uh uh sunshine like there's a lot of great
0: references in here stalker yeah yeah, yeah. it's good yeah, this thing is it's well the the rpg is is primarily card based in how you, and how the whole thing uh how the, how the whole thing unfolds and you still have an operations manual for some additional rules but um man th- i first of all I mean, I like this. This is the kind of game that I feel like I would love to play with. It's not going to end up being like silly necessarily, but it's like the when you go to a horror movie with your friends to be scared together, Mm -hmm. kind of a Mm -hmm. kind of a game that you're going to want to play. You're not Mm going to take it overly serious, but you're doing Mm -hmm. it in a way. It's like it's a roller coaster ride of horror that you're looking for, but it's not like a slasher type thing. It's just like, Oh my God, I wouldn't even, I don't know. You're going to necessarily get the jump scares out of it, but I think it's like, Oh my God, everybody's going to be groaning at the table together as this Mm -hmm. thing kind of unfolds and you mutate your buddies. And there's like a certain level of paranoia, betrayal, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So if you're looking for like super, super weird, macabre, bizarre, uh, this looks I like it's it. right up your alley, and I think to, to Zach's point too that the way that they have kind of unfurled this as a Kickstarter, uh, is really really well done. Where they yeah, have just pulled nice out all the stops. They're giving you, they're laying everything in front of you what it's going to end up looking like. Uh, they even have I like the 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 video at the beginning. It's kind of like this VHS recording of uh. A guy in, in an eighties hazmat suit opening up the one the uh, the special edition box that hazmat box and all the cards kind of coming to life. They're all on obviously on strings around him, kind of things. So but it's uh, it's cool. It's a cool vibe. I, I really like it. I think they're the whole. You get to cut the. Um, it's it's cool to say that this game is intended to play in the dark mm, with yeah. glow sticks. That's yeah. a cool. That to me is like a cool atmospheric thing to do with your friends. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. I like it right on the zone. All
2: right, Troy, let's round it out with our last project of the evening.
1: Yeah. Last one, you know, it's October. Uh, as of this recording it's October 2nd Halloween season. This one is the 13th hour, a Halloween special D and D five E campaign. Uh, it's, a, it's a spooky 5e cam- mini campaign for levels 1 to 5. Um, coming from Matthew David, I have talked about some of his stuff before. Um, uh, now if I can find where I put... Uh, yeah, uh, the pity Blood is, is is what he was doing, mm. the pity Blood series. Um, and you can pick up some of the uh, the older ones with this. And I mean, I don't know how to describe the adventure because you start off with like like a a Zoltar machine from from like big, (laughs) apparently. And, you know, there's a haunted house. And do you go do you go in and once you go in, uh, the clocks are all somehow reading the hour, the 13th hour. Mm. And you have to, and, and you can't That's move rough. back or forward as far as the clocks go. So you have to go through and and do things. You have to find pieces of a broken pocket watch, and, and you get this information from the Zoltar machine. And they're scattered all throughout the house, so you have to go and you have to collect the pieces of the pocket watch and put it back together and wind it up to restart time. Otherwise, mm. you don't. You don't make it out of the house. That's cool. You're stuck. Mm -hmm. Um so that to me, I mean, the fact that this all just takes place inside that house is really really that's pretty rad. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah, I I dig that. So thirteenth hour. Yeah, the thirteenth hour, man. I mean, and I wish I wish there was more that I could say about it, but I don't think I don't think it really is necessary to say yeah. anything more about it. The art looks cool. Um, we've, we've seen, like I said, we've seen uh, seen some of his stuff before. Um, I talked about the Dark Nuns Church and M- Marie mm. Laveau's army you know, on previous uh, crowdfunding corners. So yeah, I just... Check this thing out. It is, it is pretty cool.
2: Right on. So uh, as we... As we close out here, I want to draw everybody's attention to a couple of projects just real quick um, that I think are really cool, also, that we haven't talked about. First off, I am going to be remiss if I don't talk about my own project that's on Kickstarter right now, just for a smidge. Um, Shards of Ascension, parts one through three, is uh, a really fun campaign that I've, that myself and a bunch of people um, over the last few years have spent a bunch of time on. Uh, we have published the first two of these already mother load and ever shift. We pretty much sold out of the print run, those first print runs. So we got to do another one. So we decided, well, while we're, while we're printing those, why don't we do the, we're go ahead and release the third one. Um, mm-hmm. so the Kickstarter is going to let you get all three of those. The first two have updated covers, updated layout, updated editing. And then the third one is getting all reduced. Um, and it's doing very well. We're you know these are just little zines, but we hit our goal and we're we're moving right along. So, uh, shards of ascension,
1: It's
0: awesome. I love the new cover, cover art. I you love think. the like the way that they all tie together. And it's uh, this is and if, is it the same velvety yep. texture yep. on the yeah, front? Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, it's so yep. good. If nothing else, just like yeah, just to have that nearby on your desk, you kind of like yeah. Pet it every once in a while. It's like, hello. That's right. It's very nice. And,
1: and then I
2: well. I don't know that we need to spend a lot of time on these because I think we'll talk about them when they come out. But I just want to give people a heads up that we've got two client projects and and a couple other things that are uh, on the horizon. Um, go to our Facebook page for more details on this. We've got another Scrap Rats Kickstarter mm-hmm. that's going to be a digital adventure. Um, we've got some cool, uh, a cool dragon Kickstarter that's coming out, but then two client projects that I'm really excited about. Fane of the Fly God is awesome. And it's uh, by our friend uh, Jeffrey Jones. It looks amazing. And I am here to tell you, we are, you will start seeing promotions of it very soon. And I think just the banner image alone will sell mm-hmm. you on this book. It's it bonkers. is I love Awesome. It, awesome. Uh, So Fane, F-A-N-E, Fane of the Fly God. You want to keep your eye out for that. We'll talk about it once it launches some more. And then the other one that I'm super excited about is uh, John Baltesberger, who did Morkabeans, which is a uh, Morkborg project, uh, is now writing the first Morkborg novel called Whispers of the Dead Saint.
1: Mm. And
2: we're working with him to get that novel on Kickstarter uh, this month as well. I'm super pumped about that. He's working close with the uh, the Morkborg creators to uh, put out this book. Um, and, oh man, it looks awesome. And then, last but not least, our uh, good buddy Shadow Zack who is sometimes in our chat, um, has a, a, his own project that he's going to be promoting here soon. It is for an undead oracle deck that will have mechanics that are designed by Patrick Reese, his, his, our friend. Um, and, uh, those mechanics will be, I believe we're looking at 5e Morkborg and OSE allowing you to use this really powerful quote unquote magical Oracle deck, uh, in your games. And we've got a funky way of tying it in with the Morkborg setting Mm. that I think is pretty cool. So, um, that's that's a project that zach's been itching to do for a while we're gonna release it around halloween of course but um i think it looks awesome um he's doing a great job patrick's doing a great job and it's going to be one to keep an eye out for it's awesome busy it's gonna be a busy, busy. month busy busy pretty awesome yeah, yeah Some yeah. pretty cool stuff yeah, yeah. so All right. I think that's it. Thanks uh, to everyone for hanging in there. Thanks to Girk. Thanks to Craig and everybody else that's lurking and hanging out. Appreciate you very much. Um, I think our uh, handy dandy moderator, Gabriel, was hanging out as well. Thanks for keeping an eye on things. John and Troy, thanks for hanging out and doing some more crowdfunders. And until Tuesday, we'll see you next time.
1: Play great games and back cool Kickstarters.
2: Right on. Stay safe while you're doing it. Bye, buddy. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes. and You can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time. Yes if that's your thing, you should go watch it. And if it's not your thing, you've been warned. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to try
1: it. I don't know if I want to try it. Yeah.
2: John, have you been watching more Little House on the Prairie?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you should ask.